welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful growth step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs. And we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. If you strengthen your physical core, it impacts your whole body. If you strengthen your spiritual core, it'll affect your whole life. It's time for some core work church experience. Come on, let's go. It's, it's time to get spiritually fit. All right. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about this new season because my hope and my prayer for you is that this will be a season where you begin to grow spiritually like never before. I'm really hoping and believing that for you and for your family, for those you care about. This is going to be a good season of spiritual growth. We're going to cover a lot of ground. But, but as we talk about spiritual fitness... You know, I want to I begin uh, by talking about physical fitness for a moment. You know, I have a friend who said that his dad had the ultimate physical fitness program. And he said, yeah, it, it's very simple. It's just two things. If you want to get physically fit, it's just two things. This is move more and eat less. <laughs> and I kind of laughed at that. I'm like, that's it? Like, just move more and eat less? And he said, yeah, that's, that's it. Move more, eat less. And, and I thought it was, was funny because of its simplicity. But actually, when I thought about that, man, that's... That's actually very true. Everything that you hear in the physical fitness world, it comes down to those two things. Move more and eat less. You know, get active, work out, exercise, don't sit around, move more and eat less. You know, diet, let less sugars, right? Get rid of the sugar. Get rid of the cholesterol, less processed food. Yeah, we, we eat more fruit, more veggies and all that, but, but eat less portion sizes, all that. Is move more and eat less. If you want to get physically fit, that's, that's what they tell us. Somebody came to church today and they're like, thank you so much because I've been trying to figure out this physical fitness thing my whole life. So move more and eat less. I got my new game plan. Here we go. But physical fitness does have value right? because our bodies, God's word tells us, are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So even though we're wrapped in something very physical inside, there's something spiritual that's even more important. The Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of us, and, and, and this, this container, our body, houses the spiritual activity in our life, all the, all the things that God is doing in our soul. And through our, our life, the things that are lasting come from inside, our spiritual core. But, but our physical core is important. It is important. In fact, there's a lot of places we know this in the Bible. There's an Old Testament verse that we often quote. You hear a lot of pastors talk about, you know, they're talking about the heart and, and character and things that are important. And they'll say, you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but, but God looks at the heart. And you've heard a message maybe on that, like, hey, it's what's on the inside that counts. And don't worry about the outside because it's just look at the heart. But if you actually look closely at that verse, 
it's actually saying two things. Not only is it saying that God looks at the heart, it's saying man looks at the outside. So just a little heads up, people are going to assess you in this world. For good or bad, they're going to assess you on what they see on the outside. It is a part of our, our reality. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So, so again, there's a couple things here. Physical training is of some value. So there is some value in physical training. You can live a longer life, so you can serve God longer. You can be healthier and have more energy to bring to everything that it is that God wants you to do. Physical training has, right here, some value. But godliness has value for all things, for both this life and the life to come. So when this physical body breaks down, which is going to happen, right? Some people say, well, age is just a mindset. Until it's not, right? Because until your body says, no, it's not a mindset. It's actually going to break down on you one day. Some of you woke up today and you were feeling that, right? When you got out of bed, you're like, man, oh, I feel it. I feel it in my knees and my legs. I feel it in my back. See, every one of our bodies at some point are going to break down and physically die. But the spiritual core inside you will live on for all of eternity. In one of two places, in heaven or hell. Your, your spiritual core will live on forever. And so when, when God's word says physical training is of some value, but godliness has more value, what it's saying is because not only does it have value here, but it, it's going to last. It's going to last on the other side of eternity. It's important. So some people today are thinking, well, how, I want to get spiritually fit. How do I do that? What do I need to know? Well, there's a lot of ground we, we might cover throughout this teaching series. But I want to give you one thing here at the outset for our, for our whole church family. One thing that you can do now. One thing, first of all, that you need to know and one thing that you can do. And here, here's what you need to know. I want to encourage you to tap it into your phone or write it down on your notes. It's this. Nothing will shape my future more than my friendship with God. Nothing. Nothing will shape my future more than my friendship with God. And if you want to get spiritually fit, you want to work your spiritual core, you've got to develop a stronger friendship with God. It will impact your life. It will impact everything about who you are more than you can imagine. And some of you might say, well, I, I believe in God. I've maybe even walked with God for a long time. But there is room for all of us to grow in this area. Because how many of you know that there's a massive difference in physical fitness between simply exercising and training with tenacity? How many of you know that, that intensity when added to exercise is a whole different level? I mean, it's one thing to jog around your neighborhood in the morning. As you're waking up and you got your Dunkin' Donut in your hand and you're jogging around and you're eating a little donut. I mean, you're putting on more calories than you're burning. That's not really what we're talking about physical fitness. But it's a whole different level when you start physically training. You're working out your body and it's hard. It's intense. You're, you're sweating. That's a whole different level. And some of you have for some time had a friendship with God, a relationship with Him. But I want to challenge you today, and I want to challenge our whole church family to start training spiritually, to work your spiritual core throughout this next month. To shift it into a higher gear. You know, we talk about physical fitness getting in shape. Which, by the way, I think it's kind of funny because for me, when I'm out of shape, I actually have more shape. So getting in shape, I don't know. But anyway, we're talking about getting in shape, but here's the thing. Nothing will shape your future more than what we're talking about right now. For you to invest in your personal time alone with God. And I want to give you three ways to do that, okay? 
here it is. I want you to focus this month on increased quality in your time with God. And our worship services and your personal time alone with God, increased quality with Him. Increased consistency. Showing up not only for worship, but daily time with Him. Consistency. And deepened authenticity is the third thing. Deepened authenticity. Genuinely seeking God. Not out of religiosity, not just checking a box, but genuinely seeking God sincerely. And if you do those three things, if you increase the quality and the consistency and the authenticity of your time with God, you're going to see your friendship with God grow. And that, out of the spiritual core of your life, you're going to see some incredible things happen in your life. So here's the challenge specifically. For the next 31 days, as we begin the month of March here, March 1 through 31, and you could start any time if you're hearing this at a later date online, but March 1 through 31, we're challenging you to go these 31 days, our whole church family at every location, 31 days, we together are going to work our spiritual core like never before. And I want to challenge you to train. If you're new at this, this is a massive step for you to begin reading the Bible every day and, and, and praying to God every day. That's the challenge, to spend time with Him in prayer and reading the Word. Some of you, you've never done that, at least not consistently. It's a big deal. For others of you, you've done this consistently, but this, is, this challenge for you is a challenge to deepen the authenticity, to increase the quality of your time with God. And for you, you're going to train in a new way. But wherever you're at, together as a church family, we're going to shift into a higher level and we're going to train spiritually and we're inviting you into doing that together. And I, I hope you'll share with each other what you're learning. Every Church Experience campus has a, a specific Facebook group for that location. And I encourage you to share with your friends, a part of your church campus, what God's doing in your life, what you're learning, how you're growing. And some of you don't know where to start if you haven't been reading the Bible. Hey, where do I start? We always recommend the book of John reading the life of Jesus, going into the book of Acts in the New Testament, the Acts of the New, New Testament church. I, I would encourage you to get on the, the Version Bible app. I, I use it every day, and it's, it, it's, it's amazing. It's got uh, all kinds of tools on there. There's different kinds of lessons that you can go through. You can do it with friends that are a part of your church family. There's so many things. Uh, I like to listen to the audio Bible and the, the NIV translation that we use here at our church. You know, you, you can actually listen to it and you can, you can go physically work out your, your body and while you're jogging, you can listen and work out your spiritual core as well. So that's the challenge, to, to improve the, the quality, the consistency, and the authenticity of your time alone with God this month. And as you do that, you're going to see growth like never before. So let's together, as a church experience family, move forward in our spiritual training and work our spiritual core. Right on? Right on. Well, today what I'd like to do is I'd like to break down those three things into greater detail. I, I want to equip you on this journey. If you're with us on this journey of the next 30 days, you're, 31 days, you're going to go with us on this journey and work your spiritual core. I want to help you succeed at that. And I want to help you experience some things in your spiritual life that maybe you've never experienced before. We talk about greater quality, consistency, and authenticity. But it's going to come out of a, a story in the New Testament, a story in Luke chapter 10. If you want to power on your Bible, uh, if you want to open up the Word, I mean, we're going to have it right here on the screen for you. But in Luke chapter 10, there's a great story that's so helpful from Jesus' perspective on what it looks like to train spiritually. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, this is a, a beautiful story, really, and it's, it's such a common story. I mean, you can kind of picture yourself one of those two characters, most likely. You picture, well, I'd probably be more like Mary in this story, or I'd be more like Martha. Right? But let me just explain a little of the context, and, and we can get into that, see how this really impacts our, our spiritual fitness personally. You know, this, this story probably happened around, we think, Bethany, where there was about two miles from Jerusalem. It was on the eastern slope of the, the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is going to visit Mary and Martha, and he's going with his disciples. So, so Mary and Martha, they, they probably had a bigger home, and they, they were sisters of Lazarus. If you know that story, the, the spiritual miracle that, that God did in, in Lazarus' life, this is his sisters. And they're probably making extravagant preparations as Jesus and his disciples are, are coming to town, probably putting together a, a real banquet. For them, trying to make all these preparations. And Martha's busy doing all these things as Jesus arrives. And Mary goes and sits at his feet. And I love that, that Jesus was so kind to Martha. You know, she comes over and she basically scolds Jesus. Hey, I, tell my sister to get at it. I mean, she's sitting over here just sitting around while I'm working. I mean, come on, just tell Jesus, come on. <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't get frustrated at her. He's not upset at her. He, He's kind to her. Hey, Martha, Martha, you know, there, there's only a few things that are needed. You know, we, we need to eat. We, we need something to drink. I mean, there's a few things. But really, there's only one thing that's essential. There's only one thing that's essential. You know, those who sit at Jesus' feet, he satisfies their spiritual hunger. Out of them, wa living waters flow. I mean, there, there's only one thing that you really need in your spiritual core. You, you need Jesus in your life. And, and he's saying, listen, Mar Martha, you're, you're busy, you're upset, you're frustrated about all these other things, but there's only one thing, and Mary has chosen what is better. You've been busy with all these other distractions, and she's chose to prioritize her relationship with me. That was most important. Sitting at Jesus' feet is the central priority of your life. Sitting at Jesus' feet, you cannot do, you literally cannot do anything more important than sitting at Jesus' feet. Because you can't do anything else for God and, and, until you have spent time getting to know God. And once you know God, then you can get busy doing things for God, but you'll never do anything for God of significance until you've spent significant time alone with God. And it's out of the overflow of that banquet in God's presence that we really spiritually come alive and our, our spiritual hunger is satisfied. See, Martha was making a, a banquet table. She was preparing for Jesus and his disciples for them to share a meal together. 
And she was busy making the banquet, but the real banquet that was going on that day wasn't what she was putting on the table. It was what was happening at Jesus' feet with Mary. And she was sitting there hearing her master teach, and she was talking to him and interacting as a friend. Like, that's where the real banquet was happening in the presence of, of God. And so how do we grow in our friendship with God like Mary? How do we, how do we come to a place where all those things that are upsetting us in life, all those distractions and preparations, all the things that, that Martha got caught up in, how do we come to a place where we find ourselves at Jesus' feet, filled with joy and peace and love and purpose? Well, there's three things specifically, and I mentioned them at the outset, but there's three things that we want to dive deeper into today that will help you sit at Jesus' feet. No matter how long you've been a follower of God, no matter how much you know about the Bible, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, if you will improve in these three areas, even just one of them, you're going to see some growth in your life spiritually. You're going to see some things grow. Some of you have felt like in this last year that you, you've been in a spiritual desert. You've been stuck spiritually. And these three things will help you get to a better place, to an oasis spiritually. Number one is improve quality. Write it down. you got to improve the quality of your time alone with God. Your friendship with God, is, it's a relationship. It's a friendship, not a function. It's not a box to check. It's not something you do out of religiosity. It's not a spiritual obligation. It's something that we do because we get to. It's a friendship. Improve the quality of your time with God. I have a friend here at Church Experience that she always says about anything that's of great quality, she says, that, that's bougie. <laughs> that's bougie. And what she's saying is that that's, that's, that's a fine quality. That's, that's a high quality thing. And, and I always smile when I hear that, but I thought, man, what, what a cool concept. Though. What, if, what if we could improve our relationship with God to where it was fine quality? It was bougie. <laughs> it was, it was a, a kind of quality in our relationship with God that, that man, it was just something that was of, of better value than what we've been experiencing before. It was an increased quality. You know, if you think about it, like what's actually happening when you hang out with the Lord, you're hanging out with the king of all kings. I mean, the king of all kings. I mean, think about that. I, some of you know the story that, that Jennifer and I, we, we got to meet one of the, the presidents, uh, President George W. Bush, when he was in the White House and got to hold his dog, Barney. I mean, that was legit. I mean, I was holding the president's dog. I, mean, I, I just felt like this is the coolest moment. I'm in the Rose Garden. And I'm going into the White House. And, and just that moment, it was very brief, but this moment that I got to experience that. But I look back on it, I think, man, you know what? Every day I get to talk to not, not the most powerful person in our country, not, not the most well-known person in our world. I get to talk to the king of all kings, the name that is above every other name, like the most powerful person ever. And I get to spend time with him, to sit at his feet. That's incredible. You, you get to spend time with, with God. And what if the quality of your relationship with God can improve? You can start to see what's really happening there. I, mean, I, get to, I get to sit at the feet of a king. I get to come into the presence, into the courts of an actual king. You'll change everything. See, some of us have been walking with God for a while now, and we think, well, I've, I've been there, I've done that. Maybe you want to write this statement down. A growing friendship never outgrows the need for quality time. Let me say it again. A growing friendship never outgrows the need for quality time. It's not like a marriage, after you've been married for 20 years, you don't need to spend quality time together anymore. 
oh, sorry. I mean, you know, in fact, why don't you live in this room? I'll live in this room. Let's just kind of exist together. It's fine. You know, we don't need time together. We already know everything about each other. We don't need to go on dates anymore. We already know everything. We don't need to buy each other gifts. We don't need to celebrate any anniversaries. Let's just not worry about any of that. Like, what kind of a relationship is that going to grow into when you just don't care anymore? You don't spend time anymore. You're not intentional anymore. It's not going to be quality over time because you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional to spend time together with somebody you love if you want a growing relationship. I'm not saying you can't maintain what you have at least for a little while. Now, long term, you're putting it in jeopardy. But I'm not saying you can't coast in a relationship, but just where, where in life do you drift somewhere you really want to go? <laughs> you're in a boat, you drift out into the weeds. You're on a road, you drift into the ditch. Nobody drifts to where they actually really want to go. And so you have to be intentional to improve the quality of your time alone with God, to eliminate distractions, to be more purposeful in what you do with your time with Him. It might be mixing it up and adding in a new discipline. Maybe you want to write out your prayers and journal out your prayers. Maybe you want to find a devotional book that really teaches you some new things or read through a Christian book and, and pray through the Bible. Not just read it, but bring your prayer life and your, and your time in God's Word together. I mean, there's so many different things. Getting advice from others who've walked with God for a long period of time and, and ask them how they encounter God on a daily basis. I mean, there's so many things you can do, but improving the quality of your time alone with God will improve your relationship. Number two, number two, increase consistency. So improving quality and increasing consistency. One of my all-time favorite quotes says, in, in reading the lives of, of great men, this was Harry Truman that said this, in reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. You want a great relationship with God? Then develop the discipline of consistency. It's like a muscle. The more you work it out, the stronger it's going to get. You know, the more you, you work that muscle of consistency, consistently in worship every week, consistently in time with God every day, the more consistent you are, the more progress and growth you're going to see. But if you just kind of hit and miss with God, like just every once in a while, you know, whenever I have time, three out of five days, hey, we're going to call it good, you're missing out on so much in your relationship with God. I mean, you, you, what, what, if, what if instead of every once in a while, it went to like, I mean, I, I don't even know in the last few months when I missed meeting with God every day. Why would I? I can't believe that I would, I would pass on an opportunity to sit at the feet of a king. Why, why would I do that? What's more important in my life? You know, like there's, there's, no, there's no meeting that surpasses that meeting with God. There's just nothing that can be put on my agenda or on my task list could be of higher priority than spending time with my creator, with the God who is all-powerful. I mean, what, what could matter more than that? And so improving the consistency in my life, when I, when I start to train spiritually to the point where I have this, this tenacity about my time alone with God, I, I am not going to miss that time with him. It's the number one thing I do every day. It's spending time in his word and prayer. When you get to that point, you see, you see the compounding effect of spiritual growth over time, over months, over years and over the decades. 1 Corinthians 9.25, it says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Consistency. 
you got to train. Those who go into strict training, God's word says. You know, if, if you're training to win a race, you don't, you don't go put your flip-flops on and go run around the track. Like, you don't. You just, you're not going to, I love flip-flops. Honestly, I, I live here in Florida and I love my flip-flops. Now, I, I wear them all, all the time. Every time I can, I wear my flip-flops. I love it. And, and I love it because you can go down to the beach and you can just kick them off and, you know, walk down the beach barefoot in the sand. I, I love flip-flops. But if I'm training to win a race, I'm not wearing my flip-flops. I'm lacing up my running shoes. In fact, the title of this message, Lace Them Up. Because it's time for you to train. It's time for you to, I know it's easier in your flip-flops and just to kind of casual through life spiritually and just kind of go with the flow. But what I'm saying is if you want to win spiritually, you've got to lace them up. You've got to go into, as it says in 1 Corinthians 9, strict training. I, I mean, do you, want to be, do you want to be unhealthy and flabby spiritually? Or do you want to be fit in your spiritual core? I mean, you choose. The results are two totally different lives. And every life that you touch will be different. Spiritually train, and you will see God do some great things in your life. But you've got to spend time with him consistently. You've got to spend the hours. You've got to spend the minutes. In fact, here's a statement I'd love for you to write down. The more often I invest minutes with God the more likely I am to have moments with God. All of us want that moment with God. We're caught up in a moment. And just this amazing time of worship or prayer. God answers a prayer. We read something in the Word that's powerful. We hear something in a service, that, that one thing that changed our life. But if you want to have moments with God, they're preceded by many minutes with God. And the more often you have minutes with God, the more often you're going to have moments with God. And I want to have those moments with God as often as possible. But a lot of times when I spend those minutes with God, and I'm, I'm reading the Bible, it's not that every single time I read it, oh, that completely changed my life. Just in the same way that you've eaten every day probably or just about every day of your life, and you don't remember what you had for lunch three years ago, but it gave you the nutrition you needed on that day to get to this day. And, and you, you kept nourishing your body day after day. And every once in a while, you had an amazing meal. And you said, that was the best meal I've ever had in my life. That was incredible. It's my new favorite food. But not every moment with, every minute with God is a moment with God, if you know what I'm saying. But the moments with God increase, the more your minutes with God increase. The more often you have time with God. And it shouldn't be quarantined into just a certain space in your calendar. I think everybody needs to have time where they plan to be with God, a meeting with God. You need that every day where you're intentionally reading his word, you're intentionally praying. But really it's, it's the minutes with God all throughout the day because it's a conversation. It's not, it's not just a single appointment. It's, it's that God wants to meet with you throughout your day. It's as you're coming and going, you're spending time with him. It's that rich, richness of relationship that comes with increased consistency. You know, most every high school has a limit to how many days a student could miss in a given year, or otherwise they have to retake that grade. They have minimums on what kind of grades are required to go on to the next level. And a lot of seniors have experienced, you know, you get to that senior year and you're in your last semester and you just want the easiest course load possible because you just want to get done. You want to get that diploma, right? So you're you're a PE assistant with your basketball coach, you know, and that's pretty easy. And, and then you find that class that, that everybody says is the easiest class in the school. And you take it, and it was a joke, right? It was just so easy. And you get out a little early every day. And, you know, but, 
you know, when, when you get that diploma at the end of that last semester in your senior year, it's not just because you completed that last, last, last lap, that last semester. It's not even really that, that last year. I mean, that diploma, it represents, in fact, it started back in kindergarten. It started back in first grade. And, and what that diploma represents is that you showed up. You, you showed up every year. You showed up when you didn't feel like it. You showed up when you forgot your homework. You still came anyway. And you're embarrassed. You, you showed up when you had acne in your freshman year and you didn't want anybody to see what you looked like. I mean, you just kept showing up. And it wasn't just one semester, whether it was easy or hard. It was, it was semester after semester, year after year. For over a decade, you showed up. And that paper that you got, that diploma, that ink on the page, if all it was was just saying, hey, uh, I now have this certification, if that's all it was, I don't know if it would be worth all those other things. It's, it's not about just getting that certification that you passed. You might need that for a job. You might need that to get into a college. But it's not about that. It's, it's about that you've showed yourself and you've showed others that you have the ability to show up, to finish, to grow, to get to the next level. And you showed up for year after year. And, and, and something grew in you. you. You learned something and you developed character, persistence. You didn't quit. You finished. And then you got that piece of paper that, that sets you up for the next step in your future because you showed up. When you show up spiritually, Day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. Worshiping God, spending time with Him and His presence and His Word. When you show up, it changes your life over time. You, 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 learn, to, you learn to walk with God through the difficult seasons. You learn to walk with God through the desert seasons. You, look, you learn to walk with God when you're on the mountaintop and the victories are rolling one after another and you learn to walk with God through the valley when you can't see him. You know he's there, but you can't see him and, and, and it's kind of confusing. I mean, when you, when you consistently walk with God and you show up, I mean, what you get is not just the result of whatever it is you're praying for, whatever you're striving for. It's, it's the relationship with God that grows as you learn to show up consistently. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12. It says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. And I just love that, that verse because it, it doesn't come casually. Some people think, well, I, you know, I just believe in God and that's enough. But the Bible says even the demons believe in God. It's not enough just to believe generically in God. It's, it's, it's walking with Him. It's seeking Him with everything you've got. If you really want to experience God's presence, you need to seek Jesus with everything that you've got. You know, I, I love to walk on the, on the beach, and, you know, sometimes you find a piece of driftwood. Other, other days you might see a starfish or a sand dollar. You might see a jellyfish wash up on the shore. You might, you might see a, a whole collection of shells. You might, you might find, where we live, you might, you might find a shark tooth. And by the way, if you find a shark tooth, you know that there's sharks in the water, right? I'm just, I'm just saying that if you go swimming. But you don't have to worry. As long as you go swimming with somebody that you can swim faster than, you don't have to worry about sharks. As long as you can outswim your friend, you're good. But whenever you're walking on the beach, I mean, whatever, whatever it is that you, you find, whatever treasure, what I love is that if you come back out the next day, you may not find the same treasure, but you're going to find something else. 
See, the, the ocean is endless. The waves are continuous, and they're always bringing new treasures onto the, the sandy beaches. They're always, they're always washing up new things onto the shore. It might just be something simple. It might be something beautiful and amazing. But new things are always drifting onto and rolling up onto the shore. There's always a new treasure. And what I want you to see is that with God, there's an ocean of discovery. There's so much more than whatever you've experienced of God. And I've been walking with God my whole life. And just this week, I'm telling you, seriously, just this week, I've been learning some things about God and, and what He's doing in my life. He's, he's changing things in me. He's growing and maturing me. And, and it's new and it's fresh for this week. And I know that it'll be the same next week because I've been walking with God for years and now decades. And as I walk with Him, the more I walk with Him, the more I learn that there is that I don't know. I mean, there's, there's more to learn that I had never learned before. You can never exhaust God. There's always more. And so, so here's what I'm trying to say. As you walk with God consistently over time, you're going to find out more things about God that you love, and you're going to grow in new ways. Let me give you an example of this, and we'll move on to this final, final lesson. It's from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. It says, though the fig tree does not bud, and though there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive trees fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. So in other words, it's been a rough year. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> it's been a rough year. And things are not fruitful like maybe they normally are. Things are not what they used to be. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. You see, even when things on the outside aren't good, in my spiritual core, I can still find joy because I've learned consistently to show up with God. And every time I show up, I'm going to grow. I'm going to experience joy even in trials. And that leads me to this third step that you can take to improve your spiritual core, and that's deepen your authenticity with God. Learn to walk with God in, in the valleys, learn to stay close to God and even grow when things don't go how you think they will. Tell God how you feel, whether, not just on the good days and the triumphs, but tell him about the trials. He wants to hear it, just like any good father wants to hear from their child what's going on in their world. God wants to hear from you, so authentically come to him. See, many people slip into religiosity and obligatory routines performed out of pattern and not out of passion. And Jesus spoke to this in Matthew 15, 8, when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, there's, there's so much joy that can come when you genuinely seek God out of authenticity and not out of obligation. When you learn to just come to God and be who you really are, for good and bad, and just let God work in you and let his word wash over you. You see, here, here's the final lesson. I want you to write this down. Despite my level of spiritual maturity, Wherever I'm at, despite my spiritual maturity, there, there's always more for me to experience in God. There is. There's, there's always more of God for me to experience all the time. There's always more. And you can keep coming back for more. You know, you know a lot of us work from home these days. And, 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 you know, maybe you've gone over to the pantry to see what there is to eat because you're hungry. You're, you're taking a little quick break from work. And you look in the pantry and you don't see any of your favorite snack, but you see the kids' animal crackers. Right? And you, you grab that bag and you bring it over to your desk and you just sit it there. I'm just going to have a couple. You know, just a little quick snack. You know, hold me over till dinner. And you take two or three of them. And, you know, animal crackers are really bland in taste. They don't have some spicy, uh, amazing taste. It's just really bland. But, but you know, you, you take a couple and, and you go back to work. And, 
And before you know it, you reach over and you grab a couple more. Right? And then a, and a few minutes later, you eat a couple more. And before you know it, you've eaten half a bag of animal crackers. And you were thinking, what ingredient, what addictive ingredient did they put in these animal crackers to make me eat half a bag of these bland little crackers? That means you kept coming back for more. There's something in it. They just kept making you come back for more. You were hungry and you kept going back and it kept satisfying you, but then you kept going back for more. See, here's the thing about God. The more you come to him, the more you show up in his presence consistently and, and with quality time, the more you realize, wow, man, God, he has so much more. And as you authentically come to him and you genuinely seek him, you find, wow, God has, God has so much more. I, I just want to keep going back for more of his presence because nothing is better than being in God's presence. Nothing is better than time alone with God and quality and consistency and sincerity. This is nothing better. He satisfies my hunger. And Jesus said to, to Martha and Mary, he said, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. The one essential thing. All the other things are extras. But there's one essential thing, and that's to spend time at my feet, in my presence. And my hope for you is that throughout these next 31 days, you'll commit with us. And you'll say, starting tomorrow, maybe even starting today, but I'm, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get alone with God. I'm going to have to set my alarm and get up a little bit early. I'm going to have to adjust my routine. But I'm going to find a way to get alone with God in consistency. And I'm going to do it with quality, not just rushing through it. I'm going to spend more time with him. In fact, maybe you've been consistent, but you want to more authentically come to him, more sincerely seek him. But as you do that over these next 31 days, as you work your spiritual core, it will impact your entire life, your future. But you got to train. As it says in God's word, strict training. you you got to take it serious and be intentional. You won't drift into a spiritually active life, a, a life that's full of joy and love and peace. It just won't happen by accident. You're going to have to be intentional about it. So spiritually train with us, work your spiritual core, and see God do more in your life than ever before. Right on. Come on, let's pray together. Hey God, thank you so much for this, this word that, that we see, this story about Mary and, and Martha. And, and God, we so often see ourselves in Martha's flip-flops. God, she, she was busy. She was busy making preparations and doing things that she thought were so important. And, and some of it was upsetting and some of it made her tired and, and it consumed her thinking and her time. And Father, we just, we all have those things in our life, those distractions. But today we're seeing that there's nothing more important we can do than to, than to get alone with you. Our friendship with you, it changes everything about our future. So God, help us to get alone with you and spend that time with you and see you work in fresh and new ways in our life like never before. I pray, God, that in consistency and quality and authenticity, we would see our relationship with God really start to grow. And so, Father, please help us in that journey throughout this, these next 31 days. I pray for our church family, every one of us that's hearing this message, that we would, we would really be intentional, that we wouldn't drift anymore spiritually, but we would shift into a higher gear, that we would be intentional about growing and pursuing you so that we can have more of you in our life in a new and a fresh way. Jesus, is in your powerful name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.